gentlemen. We have a special treat for you today. We have the one, the only. Welcome to the State Lines Network. Hey, friends. Welcome to episode 14 of the Boldly Going podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jason Sowell, and you are listening on the State Lines Podcast Network. And thank you for uh, listening to the episodes. Thank you for making it all the way to episode 14. Uh, this one is really, really great. I'm excited about this episode. I think I, I feel like I say that every episode, but I really am excited about all of them because I love these people that I get to talk to and that you get to hear their conversations. Uh, just brilliant people. And as we say at, the, at Boldly Going, creative, brilliant, inspirational people of the universe on planet Earth. And that's what I want to bring to you. And this episode is no different. This episode is my friend, Bryn Renda. Bryn Renda. She is a really, really cool, amazing perspective on life and does something really cool, does something that I think a lot of people uh, have some uh, misconceptions about, uh, that have some misconceptions about her because of what she does. Uh, but there's so much more to her than this one thing. But uh, the the thing that she is uh, well known for, and the reason I wanted to talk to her is because she is a player. She's a wide receiver for the Seattle Mist, which is the Legends Football League. It's a female football league, uh, national league. Really, really cool. I mean, these these uh, ladies are amazing. They're not, you know, they're not like uh, running around. Uh, just kind of pushing each other around. Like, they're playing full contact, hard football, and they're playing arena football. It's pretty incredible. Uh, Some tough ladies, some tough women that play the sport, and uh, really, really cool with great perspectives on life, uh, doing some some interesting things in life. And I just wanted to have a conversation with her about that, what it's like playing in the LFL, uh, what she's going to do after football, what else she has going on, talk about her faith a little bit because that is an important part of her life. And um, one thing I love about this podcast is bringing interesting stories to you, bringing conversations with people that do different things, and they um, have a perspective on life that uh, that we can learn from. And I think Bren is no different. There's a lot that we can learn from her. Uh, I was really inspired and um, just by her perspective and some things she said. And one of the one of the things of her life, one of the themes of her life, is that there's always a way. There's always a way to uh, to to um, discover the thing you love, to do the thing that you love, to fight for your dream. And there's always a way, and there's always a way to beat the critics and all of that. And uh, she models that, she lives that. So I'm excited for you to hear that from her. So that's why this episode is titled "There." Uh, there's always a way because. It's an inspirational thought to think about that, you know, whatever the next right move for you is, you can do it. There's a way to make that move. So uh, really, really cool. So you can follow her online on all the social media stuff at Bryn Renda, B-R-Y-N-R-E-N-D-A, at Bryn Renda. Really cool person. Check her out. Follow that. You can check out the LFL if you don't know what that is. Legends Football League. Also, uh, she is a rep for uh, UFIT. Um, Ufit Meals, which is a really cool thing you should check out. Uh, she she's sponsored by them. You can check them out if you go to Ufit Meals, the letter U Fitmeals dot com. Ufitmeals dot com. Uh, there's an offer code you can put in if you order from them. Uh, it's real easy. Bryn R. Her first name, last initial. B R Y N R. So go to Ufitmeals dot com. Check them out. Order some food from them. Really, really good stuff. They'll deliver it to you. They'll bring it to your door. And they'll bring you your meals for the week, uh, healthy meals, really good stuff. Uh, so go to ufitmeals.com, put in her code, Bryn R, and uh, you'll get a discount there. And really, really great. So check them out. Follow her on on social media, at Bryn Renda. Awesome. We're going to jump into the conversation here in just a second. But also let me remind you to check out the uh, State Lines Podcast Network, where all this brilliancy comes from is uh, packed full there in the website at uh, state-lines.com so go check out state-lines.com check out the other podcasts on the podcast me uh, network check out the articles read learn some things there you'll find out uh, all kinds of things that will better your life so go check that out and then as well go uh, get involved in your community we'd love for you to get involved in your community through my organization uh, current initiatives at Engage Current you can check that out online as well on social media or on our website engagecurrent.org So, all right, that's it. That's all the promo. Uh, This episode brought to you by me, Jason Sowell. Let's jump into it. Uh, The great, the brilliant, 
the fascinating Bryn Renda. So did she move there? She moved there for the season. Okay. So she did the same thing last year. She moved there for the season, came home for a few months, and then moved back for the season. And so the plan as of now is we're thinking the end is kind of near, like retirement, hanging up the cleats. Okay. So I don't know. We'll see. It's kind of one of those things where we all know that it's kind of time to retire, okay. but unless we all do it as a unit it's going to be hard to do because yeah. you can't have one girl saying, no, I'm not. One girl saying, yes, I am. And then you're one of the girls on the sidelines and the rest of the team is still playing. Right. You can't, it's just, it's not going to work. Yeah. You know, you can't sit there and watch your team play anymore. So we're, we're, you know, coming to a close here. So we're going to see, we're going to do another round or all decide that it's going to be kind of time to retire. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be tough. I feel like football just in general is a, a young person's game. Yeah. And not that you're old. Well, like, you're still pretty young, but like, yeah. young for, uh, in sports world. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say that because if you were to compare like the lifespan of an NFL athlete and then, you know, within our league, I mean, we have a couple <laughs> girls on our team that are in their mid thirties. Oh, wow. And okay. granted, they started a little bit later, so they didn't start till they were like 30 and then went, you know, went five, six years. Whereas we started when we were like 23 okay. and have gone six years. So I think it's really the, the amount of time that you're in the sport and not so much like your age. Because if you're fit, mm. you can stick with it, your body can handle it. I mean, you really can do anything you want to do. Yeah. But after so many years of the same routine and of the of the toll that it takes on your body, that's when it starts to get difficult. And you start to feel like, okay, my body, it's just, I'm really, it's just starting to be too much. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it's not that you ever stop loving it. Yeah. At all. Sure. It's just like, okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That, so. I'm sure that's got to be tough. Yeah. So, Bryn Rinda. Did I say your last name right? Yeah. Okay. Most people just mush it together like it's one name. Yeah. You know, Spring Renda. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, well, it's a unique name, so. Yeah, it's a little different. Uh, Renda. What is that? Like, what kind of name is that? You know what? My mom's parents are super Italian. So my grandparents' parents came, like, across a boat from Sicily. So I have a good bit of Italian in me, but I think, um, like, Bryn is kind of Welsh. Okay. Renda, I'm not sure. Um, not sure on my dad's side much there okay um cool so kind of a mix okay awesome um by the way anything you do on here it picks up so sorry i'll just be careful no that's fine um so all right so bren we're in saint pete which is where you live but Mm -hmm. you also trek across the country which we'll talk about in a second um so you live here in saint pete and um so like i said i would have you on the podcast just because i love what you're doing you play in the lfl you're also, are you actually in school? I'm in PA school, six more months, and I'll be graduated. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Working for the hospital here. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And um, so thank, oh, we're at a dog sitting house. So there's dogs in the background. So if you hear, uh, if you hear dogs running around, that's why. Um, so tell me, I guess tell me a little bit about LFL, how you got into it, why you're in it, what it is. I think most people think, Lingerie Football League is the first thing they go with because yep. uh, that's kind of how it started, right? Right, correct. Um, but it's the Legends Football League, mm-hmm. right? Right. Okay. So um, give me a quick rundown on that. So you are correct. Most people still consider it Lingerie Football League. If you you know come in conversation with somebody and they kind of ask, what do you do? I know you're an athlete. I can tell. And so we get into the conversation. I, I normally don't just volunteer the info, but if they ask me, I'll, I'll tell them. Um, so I tell them, you know, I play women's arena football, and then they kind of dig a little bit more, and they say, oh, is that that lingerie league? Right. And I'm like, you know, you give them the look like, yes, but no, you know, the <laughs> legends, football right. league kind of a thing, but um, that is that is right. That's how it started out, so it was just, you know, meant to be a halftime show, halftime okay. of the NFL, you know, Super oh, that's Bowl. that's right, okay. Right, so that's kind of that. how it started. So it was basically started as a models league, 
Um, you know, they had models come in, kind of run around, and basically what was more considered, you know, lingerie than what we are wearing now. Yeah. And it kind of took off, got a lot of attention. So, um, you know, the owner of our league thought, hey, I want to make, like, an actual full league, full season, okay. you know, um, game out of this. So he kind of started, you know, started off. And so it kind of over the course of... This is my seventh year, sixth season, so we kind of had like a leap year there, but it's been around for about seven years, and over the course of the seven years, it's really kind of just morphed um, into something a little bit different than what it started as. So now we have more, the league is more made up of real true athletes, um, okay. and not so much just faces or models, so... You know, a lot of athletes that come in, they were, they were basketball players, they were college athletes. Um, we have a lot of professionals that are within the league, so it's kind of it kind of has a different identity now than what it used to. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember... I remember years ago when the... I remember the whole talk of the uh, halftime show mm-hmm. that... And I think, feel like it was like a pay-per-view thing or something to yeah, start with or, correct. Yeah. or whatever. I remember all talk of all that. And a couple years go by, and I had a couple other friends that started playing in this league mm-hmm. and my whole conversation with them was wait what that right. the halftime thing <laughs> yeah. uh and uh but knowing them also they were super athletic we played sports in high school or they like I went to high school with them and they played sports in high school right. and um so then the more that I got to know them and seeing their pictures and stuff I went oh these wow it's not the same because they're obviously athletic right. women that are playing in it right um which I think is which I think is awesome, mm-hmm. and so you got into it. Why? Just because you love football. You love because sports. Because I love football. I'm obviously I love sports in general. I've always been a three sport athlete through mm-hmm. high school. I was volleyball, basketball, and then track and field. I ended up okay. going to college for track and field. Um, it wasn't my path. It wasn't my you know deepest passion, my greatest love, but you know it got me through college. So. Um, football, however, whenever I got to college, I started doing extramural football. Okay. Um, so pretty much, I went to the University of West Florida in Pensacola, which is actually where I met my quarterback, KK. And we had kind of like this great group of girls that, you know, we kind of all met each other. And we started traveling and playing football outside of just on-campus intramurals. Okay. So we were really good. So our school paid for us to go travel, you know, the southeast and go to regional tournaments. And basically, we were getting our school's name out there. We were winning. Um, We ended up winning the national flag football tournament twice in three years. So we won in 06 and 08. Okay. And that was really competitive. So you see people playing flag, and, you know, it's great. But when you go to these tournaments, these regional tournaments within the college... Um, they're so competitive. So we kind of got to, you know, hone our competitive prowess, if you will, in within flag football because it was on, played on such a high level. Um, so that was awesome. So kind of after that faded out, when we graduated college, it was like, what's what's next? You know, we we knew we loved football, and um, so we kind of heard about this league and at first I'm not gonna lie I thought it was sounded ridiculous okay yeah I wasn't even gonna go out for it I was like that's absurd no way I'm gonna be caught dead wearing anything like that on the field playing football you know I love football but no way I don't love it that much yeah so anyways of course I ended up getting talked into going to one of the tryouts and honestly I walked up to the door and I looked through the door and I was like that's it. We're we're leaving. And I literally <laughs> turned around and my friend was like, no, come on. Let's just try out. Just let it, you know, whatever. Give it a chance. So gave it a chance and, you know, here we are seven years later. Um, but I do it because I love it so much. And yeah. it's really the highest level as a female that we can go okay. playing. You know, the guys, you know, they try out. They have the draft. They We're all always super jealous on draft day. We sit there and just drool at the TV because, you know, we're thinking, oh, if we were guys, that would be us. Right. Um, so it is the highest level we can compete as females playing football. And, you know, we take pride in that knowing that we are some of the most elite females in the nation because mm-hmm. it is a national league. So, you know, we do it. And it's not easy. It's not always easy. Most of us, like I said, have careers. Most of us are professionals. So it's really for the love of the game. You know, we kind of are all doing multiple things, not just football, whereas the guys, that's their careers. Right. So... Yeah, so um, that's so funny that you're. I could totally, I could totally see 
walking to because especially because of how it started. Oh yeah. And um, I, I think probably lends to the idea that it's kind of been almost an exploitative yep. uh, type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like some people on the outside would go, uh, it's just a bunch of women being exploited. Oh, absolutely. And, and we still get that. Yeah. Does it feel like that for, for you on the inside? No, not okay. at all. Not at all. Good. And what's funny is that, you know, as athletes and personally, we don't think that, you know, we wouldn't be out there if we felt like that was truly what yeah, was going on. Sure. But it's funny because even with the fans and with the people that do make these comments, when we say, okay, yeah, then come come to a game. Yeah, okay, that's what you think. Come check it out. Yeah. You know? And they come to the game, and after they literally come to us and they say, wow, that is completely different than what we expected it to be. They're like, you yeah. guys are real athletes. You guys are really hitting each other and, you know, out there making athletic moves and catches and all these, these we actually right. you know, have these skills. It's not just... right. You know, girls prancing around. Right, right, you know, yeah. You're not running around belly and... Belly bumping uh, each other and... Uh, I mean, you're not, like, fully covered in pads and all that, like guys right. are. But you're not running around out... You're not, you're not there in, like, high heels and... Exactly. It's not Actual too. lingerie. Yeah, like right. you're... Yeah, I've watched games. It's... Mm-hmm. I... And every time I do, I'm, I think... What you do is... I feel in some ways a lot closer to, like, rugby because they don't yeah. play in pads. Correct, right. You're doing full contact... Like full on uh, running plays, full contact, full tackle, right. all of that with essentially shoulder pads and some elbow and knee pads. Right. I and, feel like. Yeah, and you know that's why we always joke that we're tougher than the guys because you know <laughs> they wouldn't be caught dead out there, right. wearing nothing but a thin layer of pads and you know right. some elbow and knee pads. They'd be whining all the way down the field. So yeah. Yeah. We always joke that we're tougher than they are. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't blame you. I would too. Yeah. Uh, it's. Uh, I so. Uh, so just to give everyone a perspective, so you play for the Seattle Mist, right? Which is the current national champions, right? Yes, we just won 2015 champs. Right on. Oh yeah. Did you get rings and everything? We do have rings. I'll have to show you a picture. That's crazy. Of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's really cool that they have a that the league is built that way. But you've jumped around a lot because they move teams around. Right. You know? It's kind of getting been getting harder and harder further yeah. further away. You, I feel like you you're going the farthest you can possibly go. Possibly be. Like, from Florida, the opposite end of the nation. Right. So, you started with Tampa. Tampa, Tampa had a team, right? What was it the Breeze? Tampa Is that Breeze, right. Okay. And then, they shut that one down, you went to Jacksonville, right? Right. So, it's still stuck Breeze, and then we were just playing in Jacksonville. Okay. So, we would travel up there for practices, and that kind of, you know, was a hassle yeah, for a while. Like, yeah. So, we were driving up on weekends, and we were playing downtown Jacksonville. So, it was two years Tampa, two years Jacksonville, and then after that... Seattle. Why Seattle? The second year. Well, so this is kind of a you can look at this a few different ways. So Seattle happened to be the perfect fit for myself and my quarterback. Okay. Because um, you know we played together Tampa Jacksonville, right. and we played with a group of really great girls when we were in Tampa and Jacksonville. We're, we're still all really good friends, but half of us split off and went to Atlanta, who happened to be a a big rival of ours at the time. Okay. Um, so that wasn't really in my interest or my quarterback's interest. But, you know, our friends went up there, a few of our players. And then um, KK was contacted by the Seattle coach. And, you know, just through conversations, I was thinking, oh, hey, you guys need a you need a receiver? And he's like, yeah, come on up. You know, mm-hmm. so not thinking that it was ever really going to work out because I was in the middle of my didactic year. Okay. Heavy into testing, heavy into, you know, books and everything so I'm thinking this this probably won't work out but hey why not I love it so much I need something to keep me grounded so kind of you know just relieve some of the stress from school so it just kind of worked out flew up there met the team Um, it seems like each team kind of has their own identity and the way that we play and kind of um, I would say the way we carry ourselves kind of fit with the um, fit with the identity in Seattle. Okay. Whereas kind of the girls that split off and went to Atlanta kind of fit with the identity of Atlanta. Okay. Neither bad, neither good, just, you know. Yeah, it's personality. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you go to Seattle, mm-hmm. played a season there, won the championship. Right. Finally, um, after six seasons, we had to go to the oh, West man. Coast to do it. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. We've been hunting it for years. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching... Um, I watched some highlights. You guys are on TV, right? Like, the games are... 
broadcast on. They are on uh, some local channels like CW and Root Sports. It okay. airs now. Last year it was Fuse TV HD. That's where I saw this. Right. And then the year before, a few years before, it was MTV2. Okay. So it's kind of jumped around. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've seen some highlights. I mean, it's it in some ways is much like a Super Bowl in the sense that like it's a massive party yeah. of that championship. Oh, There's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Graffiti and like just like you would see in a Super Bowl where it's this yeah. crazy event at the end of it. Absolutely. So that's that's amazing. How many teams are there in the league? So right now there's eight teams. Okay. Um, it kind of went from ten to twelve, back to ten to eight. So it's kind of you know adding and subtracting teams, but there's four in the West and four in the East. Okay. Um, so we met a couple. Of, I don't know, maybe three years ago, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And. Uh, I was really fascinated with, again, part of the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is because of that stigma or that view of the type of person that plays in this league, the type of woman that's in it. And I was very fascinated when I met you and KK Mm -hmm. um, that completely different Mm -hmm. than that. Than what you would think. Right. Right. Than what you would think, um, especially given its beginning. Right. started. Oh, yeah. um, The picture that's kind of built in that. And so one thing I'm curious about is playing in that league, dealing with all that, um, what, are, what are some things you've learned through that? Like, um, I think it's kind of helped me. It's funny because, you know, I've been in PA school now for, I think it's 22 months. I'm graduating in December. It's been kind of a long road. But things that you learn in life kind of correlate with things you learn in sports, which kind of then is, you know, transposed into, you know, career, work, whatnot, life lessons. So I really love, and this kind of goes with what you're kind of leading into with perceptions. I really love proving people, people's perceptions wrong or kind of changing their perceptions. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it. So I like showing them that there's not really one mold. Yeah. For everything. Okay. You know? Yeah. There's not really one type of girl that can play, and there's not really, you know, this isn't really how this has to be done. There's different ways. There's different people. There's different. So I enjoy that now. Yeah. I like to be the one that says, oh, you know, this is what we do. This is how we play, and this is what the sport's really like. Come check it out. Right. And I love to see people's reactions when they say, oh, wow, you know, it is different than what I thought. So I, I don't know. I guess I just have this thing in me now. I like to show people that. You really can do anything you set out to do, and it doesn't really matter what kind of person you are or, you know, people's perceptions of what you're doing because you can make it your own. Right. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, what do you – do you have to uh, – I'm just trying to think of, like, all the all the kind of things that you have to – that you have to face when you tell somebody that – that's what you do. Like, that's you know, and that's why honestly, because I have the conversation over and over and over again with people. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just hit the hot points when I talk to them now. But you know, we've gone over things like, oh, the uniform you guys wear, so you're gonna have to address that. Right. Oh, you know, you, is it really lingerie? And you know, we do photo shoots and we do things like that, and it's just a lot different than what you would see in like a collegiate sport. Right. So people don't really understand it's a little bit different, but um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that is, that is kind of involved with the whole sport. It's not just solely, hey, show up, you know, play football. There's a lot of things that go into it. Right. Aside from that, so definitely a crazy weekend when it's a game weekend. Yeah. For sure. So okay, so on a game weekend, what does that look like for you? Okay, you so everyone is just. Crazy, first of all. Okay. So think of a team of 20, think of 20 girls mm-hmm. in one locker room trying yeah. to be hair and makeup ready at the same time. <laughs> okay. Just you, just think, I'll, uh, just, I'll just let that sit yeah. with you. Yeah. So before all this Especially even goes to down, play football, that's the Exactly. So pretty much the day or two leading up to the game, we all have to make sure that we're coordinating our tanning because we have to be spray tanned. Because, oh, you know, obviously okay. we're on TV, we're taking photos, so yeah. no one wants to look white. Right, white right. not cute. Of course. You know. So we all have to coordinate our spray tanning. So we have to make sure the day before the game we all have our spray tan ready. We have to make sure that, you know, you have to shower at a certain time because you have to let it sit in. So pretty much you have to be in your spray tan for like six hours. You have to be mindful of when you're going to have to do a walkthrough because you know you're going to sweat at the walkthrough. Right, okay. So these are all things that are going through your head. 
Um, you know, I'm rolling out my muscles daily up. Yeah. We're doing hot tubs. We're doing cold tubs. Um, you know, carbs two days before. But then at the same time, we have to make sure that our diet is still looking good two weeks up to it because we're, you know, wearing sports bras and, right. you know, sport bottoms. Yeah. So you can't be out there, you know, looking saggy or sloppy or anything like that. So, you know, all this is in mind. And then um, the morning of the game... Um, so obviously we're over here on one half of it where we're looking at our playbook and our play sheets and our armbands and we're like, okay, running through the plays in our head. And then on the other half of it, we're like, okay, we need our spray, hairspray. We need our makeup. Where are my eyelashes? Can you do this? Can you help me? Please do my makeup. So it's kind of like both worlds just collide all at once. Right. Yeah. Um, and then game morning, you know, we show up in the morning, we do photo shoots, we do kind of like green screens, interviews. Okay. Um, while we're out on the field doing walkthroughs. Okay, you know, we need to run this and this is what's happening here and they're like, Hey, photo shoot, room two you know, so it's kind of Yeah. It's kinda of crazy. Um then we end up playing that night around eight o'clock and then after the game, you don't just run off the field, go grab a pizza and you know, head out, you have to go we go do autographs. Okay. So we do autograph signing for almost two hours sometimes when that we're at long. home. Yeah. Wow. People will literally wait in line and it'll wrap around the lobby and sometimes we'll be in there for two hours signing autographs. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So by that time, we're real tired. And so, you know, at that point, we're like, somebody order a pizza. Here's a beer. You know, like, we're all just crazy and kind of, like, you know, spraying our wounds. Because at that point, people are just, you know, bloody and bruised. And yeah. So it's it's a crazy weekend. You definitely it takes, like, three or four days to recover after that. Yeah, I bet. We, and you guys play on turf, right? Right. Which is basically concrete with carpet over it. Exactly. How I would put it. Concrete with, you know, carpet and or sandpaper. One yeah. of the two you want to compare. Yeah. yeah. I, I have friends I have friends that play in the NFL and they would say the worst thing that they play on is surf. Possible. They hate it. It's the worst. It's miserable. Honestly, the league has done a really good job here this this season though and swapped out they just got FIFA grade synthetic turf. Oh nice. So okay. it's like it's plush now. It's great. I mean, you barely get... You get a little scraped up. No big deal. But the first couple games, we were having to play on the old-style AstroTurf. Okay. And, I mean, it is the most painful thing... That's what I hear. ...to lose... You literally lose layers of skin. Uh, and then you have to get in the shower that night. Yeah. I mean, you really are... Almost don't want to shower for four days because it's that bad. I mean, we all scream when we're yeah. in the shower. And then it's days of, you know, Neosporin and Polysporin and Band-Aids and just right. whatever, so... When you now come, we're good. When you, <laughs> I'm just imagining you coming to the hospital after a game weekend. I know. I mean, and like, like look at all this. scraped up. They're like, what happened? Did you burn yourself? That's like, funny. nope, just uh, play a little just, football. Just looking all fight club style, like, <laughs> yeah. came in. Like, right? That's amazing. And you guys play, you guys play in, like, it's an arena. It's not like, you're not like a high school gym with a. No. Like, it's full on. Is it full, is the field a full football length, or is it a little smaller? So it's 50 by 30. Okay. I think, don't quote me on that, I'm pretty sure it's 50 by 30. Okay. Or so 60 almost, by 30. So basically like arena football size. Yeah, exactly. So what okay. you would see like here locally would be the Tampa Storm. Right. It's the same. I believe so. Then again, I don't know. I mean, rules and everything and all that is always changing links. I don't know. KK would be the perfect one to answer this. She knows all about the everything, but... Um, it, so we used to play downtown at the Amali Arena, okay. the Amelie Arena, where yeah. the Lightning play. Yeah. So it's if you can imagine, kind of that. That's arena. right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And that's where the Storm plays. So it's exactly it's essentially the same. the same. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, so the funny thing about that is all the things that you have to think about, the guys never have to think about. Never. Like, like the, I just, I can't imagine the mental uh, battle of mm-hmm. I'm here to play sports. But I also here to don't it's for entertainment, to, right? It's for entertainment. Yeah. But not only that, just the just the um, I guess like guys don't deal with body issues Mm-mm. much, like yeah. you know, if you're overweight, things like that. Like mm-hmm. there's there's some things that guys kind of kind of mentally battle with that. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's completely different. I'm sure it's completely different than. For a woman, and especially the right. the style of uh, the style of uniforms you guys have and all mm-hmm. that. So, like, just the mental battle of I'm here to play sports, but I also don't want to look fat. And right. I don't want to look. Yeah. You know, um, it's so it's so weird that our world. And I, I mean, I guess I kind of understand why it seems exploitive, mm-hmm. um, because it's so built. 
your scenario is built around stuff that yeah, it's men's more aesthetic. Is not, whereas yeah. the men's league, they don't even think about that, right? Unless they're doing some type of ad for some type of company, right? You know, yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Um, what was I going to ask you about? Uh, so, you fly from here. How how often to go play? I fly. It's been like twice a month. Yeah. So it's been like a game and a practice a month kind of a thing. Normally, you're wanting to practice more often, um, but because of you know the league cutting down on teams and we've almost formed like all these all-star teams because the best players on the best teams are kind of still wanting to play, so okay. they'll travel to different cities to play. Um, so it's a Sorry. lot. It's a lot of travel. That's okay. Um, hey, calm down. Good. Sorry. Um, I don't remember what I was saying. Uh, Girl, you uh, jumping around from different different leagues. You fly. How, how often how you often, go? How often? Yeah. yeah. So usually around twice a month. Um, but we're doing stuff during the week as well. So we're on Tuesday nights. We hit chalk talk. So we Skype in basically everyone that's out of town. Okay. We're doing you know whiteboard stuff, talking about plays, all that stuff every Tuesday night. Right. Um, you know, ideally we would want to be up there every weekend, but weekends are always practices. So once it gets down to you know closer to playoffs, we have a few more practices than what we would normally during the season. Right. But we've all been playing for so many years that we kind of just pick it up, and we're all doing our own thing on the side, working out, running routes, you know. Yeah. Keeping our lungs where they need to be. What would you say to? Because I'm, I'm sure there's people. I'm sure I know the type of audience, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's a lot of questions or things they're thinking about in this moment. Yeah. One is probably you're crazy. Why do you do that? Right. Why do you live in Tampa, fly to Seattle to play football? Sometimes I look in the mirror and I tell myself I'm crazy too. I'm like, <laughs> you are nutty. What are you doing? Honestly, there it's really, you can call it insanity, I guess. I mean, it really doesn't make that much sense other than just understanding that someone has a passion for, yeah. for it. You know, I mean, I just truly have a passion for it. I love the game of football. I love sports. And it's funny because I played my whole life, and when I first got into school, I said, okay, got to you know, gotta quit football, got to get serious, need to grow up, um, need to focus on my career. So instead of saying, hey, how can I make this work at the same time, I just kind of dropped it all together and started school, and I literally felt like I took a chunk of me and just threw it away. Because you're raised... I'm, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life, so it's part of who I am. Yeah. So when I take part of who I am and I kind of just throw it out and say, okay, I need to do this now, I wasn't able to perform as good. I mean, granted, obviously I had a little bit more time to study, this, that, and the other, but I was miserable in school without without having another outlet. So like football or, you know, for others, like some type of hobby that they do, they pursue, you know, if they're an artist, whether they're, you know, Dr. Laura or whatnot. Um, it it made me happier in school, so I was I was doing better doing both, and I was right. just doing one, which yeah. kind of doesn't doesn't really make sense. Um, I was I was happier. It was harder, yeah. but I was happier. Right, felt more more fulfilled. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So don't get me wrong; it has been the hardest thing I've ever done doing both. Yeah. School in itself has been the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, so I mean, there were nights where I was flying through the night to get back home to Tampa, and I was doing you know patient logs and soap notes through the night on the plane and then getting home napping for an hour showering and going to class that's crazy i was there for eight hours a day i would come home and i would have to study for a test that i'd have the next morning so i mean it was near impossible truly was could i do it again i don't know if i could because it was that hard um now that i'm in my clinical rotations i have a little bit more time my weekends are free you know i study at night during the week and then on weekends i can you know use plane flight time for studying um, so I have a little bit more time than I did when I was in class, but you know, I definitely wouldn't say I regret it. And now we're national champions, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, yeah, I so I'm always fascinated by people that because I think people that really do things uh, significant things, most people probably think they're crazy. Yeah, because oh, sure, that usually doesn't make sense. Yeah, and it really doesn't. Um, but I. The sad thing to me is, especially, I, I feel like, maybe, and I'll ask you this question, do you feel like as a woman that you got told more or got told a lot that uh, you couldn't do certain things? Like, 
Like at some point, you have to change. You have to focus on what women usually do or things like that. Oh, sure. Know? Oh, for sure. All the time. Um, just growing up as a female athlete um, and having to really, you sit and you always do compare yourself to the guys, you know, kind of like I talked to you before. They're capable or they're able to kind of go to the next level where that's their career. Right. You know, that's how they provide for their family. That's what they do. That's their whole life. Whereas yeah. we don't have that luxury to kind of wake up in the morning and be able to work out you know, go eat food, go run some routes, go run a practice, and that's our life. We don't have that luxury. So we're forced to juggle that and a career. Right. Um, so it makes it harder. But absolutely, growing up when you're a girl, oh, you know, guys are faster, smarter, stronger. Um, but that's what I enjoy about being – I enjoy being a female and, and trying to kind of break through the glass ceiling. Yeah. I like it. Um, you know, I, I like to show people, you know, this is not just a man's sport or men aren't just meant to be lawyers, doctors, you know, right. women can do whatever they set out to do. Yeah. Kind of a thing. So, yeah, I mean, you were always told that. I mean, even nowadays, and I'm sure for the rest of, I feel like it's getting better and better as we're going on. A lot of women are, you know, breaking through molds that they once had before. Right. And, you know, yeah. even my family, sometimes my grandparents would be like, oh, you need to just stop playing that football and go find a man and settle down and have babies <laughs> and cook. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not the typical, I guess you would yeah. say, girl, really. Um, but I think more and more girls now, you see, like, girls are waiting later in life to have children. They're kind of pursuing careers and hobbies and passions. Right. Uh, more than they did back in, you know, my mother or my grandmother's day. Yeah. Um, so it's a little bit different to them. Yeah, They for don't sure. understand as much. Yeah, yeah, different generations for sure. Right. Uh, yeah, and I think that's, uh, I think that's great. It's obviously growing up as a as a guy, mm-hmm. it didn't, I didn't quite understand that mm-hmm. as much because we don't get told the same kind of stuff. Right. Um, and the older I've gotten, the more I've met people like you that... Mm-hmm do things that are outside the norm of right. what people, you know, think you're supposed to do. Um, it's, it's such a weird perspective to me that like, this is what you do and this is what this gender does, you know? Yeah. It's, it is weird. Uh, and so that's awesome that you've, that you found a way to live that out. Mm-hmm. Um, when you retire, what are you going to do sports wise? Like when you're done, you know, I'm sure nothing less than something completely crazy and adrenaline, you know, rushing, as if you will, you know, something crazy. I'm sure. I always joke and I send, you know, videos to my teammates of like guys jumping off towers in Dubai and right. base jumping. And yeah. stuff. I'm like, guys, this is the only thing we're going to be able to do <laughs> to get the same thrill, <laughs> the same rush. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'll probably go back to playing some flag. Uh, I'm definitely probably going to pick up traveling a lot more. Okay. Um, I'm really in kind of that stage of my life where I really want to just go see the world. Right. And then, you know, I'll I'll, have, I'll always have sports. I'll always be an athlete. And then once I have kids, you know, I'll be involved in their athletic lives. And that will right. be fulfilling for me. So um, I think I kind of am at a point in my life where I feel um, content. Okay. So I feel content with the past of what is gone. And I feel, like, hopeful for the future. So I feel like I almost, it's, it's um, I'll be able to let go. It'll, it'll, it'll be you know, tough mm-hmm. and I'll probably have to mourn it. Um, which sounds silly to some people, but when you're an athlete and you let go of things, you really go through a phase where you have to just kind of like go through it and be sad. Sure. Um, yeah. I mean, anybody that's it. played, yeah. anybody that's played sports on a level of even just in high school, mm-hmm. like I played basketball in high school yeah. and I remember, uh, to this day, I'm 37 years old mm-hmm. and not having, uh, a team yeah. to play on. Oh, like I play pickup for sure here and there, but not that regular, consistent, right. playing with a team and all that. Yeah, and that's that's fifty percent of it. Honestly, is being yeah. a part of a team, being part of a family and a sisterhood. It's really what it's become. I mean, these girls right. are like my closest friends. They're like they really are like yeah. family at this point. Yeah. So not only are you losing the thrill of the sport and you know the passion of the game, but you're losing the bond, the sisterhood, yeah. which you'll always have, it'll always be there. But it's not the same as when you're lined up next to a girl yeah, and you guys sure. are like. You know, throwing people, throwing another girl. Yeah, okay. yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. So. That seems to me. Um, I feel like maybe that would, in some ways, be the toughest part of it because mm-hmm. you are in a group that is uh, somewhat all empowering to each other. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, I mean, there's only so much that you can get from that, 
over a text message or a phone call. Right, right. Without being in person. Yeah. So that's why we always say we're going to meet up, we're going to travel the world, and we're going to all do it together. And so we definitely want to don't want to lose those bonds that we've kind of created. Yeah, for sure. Um, going back a little bit to what I, um, what you were talking about a second ago, something I'm curious about. What is it like being as a as a woman playing in a sport that is male dominated? Or just in general, even if it's not sport, but just being in an industry that is largely male-focused and male-dominated. Uh. Um, it's weird because I think for a while you almost felt like you had something to prove or you wanted to show people that, you know, women could play too. Um, but, I, you know, we don't really even feel that way anymore. We don't think of it that way anymore. Like, we don't okay. feel that we always have to compare ourselves to the guys. It's like we're doing mm-hmm. our own thing. You know, we're yeah. women playing a sport that has always been male-dominated, right? But it just seems like it's changing now. Yeah. You know? Changing for the better. Yeah. Really. That's awesome. So. That's really cool. You feel like you don't have to... No, I'm glad. I don't think, yeah. you, I don't think you should have to be, mm-hmm. you know, prove yourself in that way or be compared. Right. Constantly. I yeah. feel like it, it becomes a natural Oh, yeah. A and I mean, thing. even those guys, because, you know, we've trained with a lot of the NFL dudes and um, sometimes in the gym or on the field with them every now and then and they they respect us they respect our game we have a lot of them that come to the game and they'll do like the coin toss or they'll be on the sidelines and they're cheering us on so they really respect our game which is nice because obviously you know we respect them they respect us so it's kind of like this really cool i don't know mutual respect yeah thing we have for each other yeah that's awesome yeah that's really cool it's It's not like oh whatever you know they don't treat us that way they think it's great what we do and they support us it's not like the uh when I was in high school and the cheerleaders used to wear the uh, t-shirts that said, if, if uh, cheerleading were any easier, they'd call it football. And oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like this constant competition of like... Oh, for sure. Football guys making fun of the cheerleaders. And yeah. Yeah, no, that. it's not so much like that, which is cool. It's like we're all, we all walk on the same, like on a level ground yeah. with the guys, which that's is awesome. nice. Yeah. That's, that's cool. I feel like you don't see that a lot in... A lot of industries. You really don't. Um, in a lot of other sports, I guess, I, I don't think that the guys are disrespectful to the girls by any means, but I don't think there, there's that like strong mutual respect, you know, because they see us hitting girls and making these, you know, catches and throws, and it's impressive to them because yeah. it's what they do too. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Well, especially if you know anything about football, and I like, I challenge people all the time. When I, I told some friends that I was going to be interviewing you, um, and just in the context of that, that's what you do. Mm. And they were like, wait, what? Like they were kind of, <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's like, you, so I showed them some clips. Like that's you the best watch. way to go about it. Yeah. Here's a clip. <laughs> yeah. Like what? They're not, I'm like, they're not messing around out there. It's yeah. not like, uh, you know, they're not like cat fighting out there. They're right. actually playing sports. Yeah. Um, which is fascinating to see, uh, as hard as you get hit and I know. with each other. Yeah. On that turf. And everything. Oh yes, it's a perfect storm out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, outside of that, so you're doing PA school. Mm-hmm. Why did you get into that? I've always loved medicine since okay. I was a kid. Um, so I went to college. I did exercise physiology. I loved nutrition. Learned about the body, all that stuff. But I've always loved medicine, so I just knew that's what I wanted to do. So it was really the only debate was not what do I want to do is do I want to be a doctor? Do I want to do PA school? Do I want to do okay? You know, be a nurse practitioner. All right. Um, but I love, I love it so much. Why did you go with PA? Um, well, at this point, I've been a professional student my whole life, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I shadowed a couple PAs, and I just love what they did. They had such, they have such great bedside manner. Not saying that doctors don't, but it seems like PAs get to spend so much more time with the patients than what the doctors do. Yeah. And so you just get a chance to build more of a relationship with your patients, and... Um, you know, we've gained a lot of respect. That's another thing. You know, even in the profession that I'm pursuing, PAs have gained so much more respect in the pa- than what they have had in the past, and we're becoming a lot more autonomous and yeah. capable to see our own patients and do our own thing. So it's just, I guess maybe that's why I felt so attracted to it, because I love the idea of, you know, being somebody who's kind of making moves in a yeah. profession or in a sport or in a, right. you know. Yeah kind of helping break that right yeah because yeah I like can a see pioneer that. almost yeah if you want to think of it that way sure yeah yeah that's awesome mm-hmm. um my mom's a nurse so i grew up 
the medical world. Mm -hmm. And it's always funny. My mom would always say, uh, you know, when a nurse, when a doctor tells you something, if you're in the hospital and the doctor tells you something and the nurse tells you something, you should usually listen to the nurse because she's like, <laughs> not that the doctor doesn't know right, as right, much, right. but the nurse um, and PAs kind of mm -hmm. they're in in between all of that. Like, right. Like yeah. you said, they spend more time with that patient, so they see yeah, more. Yeah. Right. A little bit more face to face, um, and obviously everyone works on kind of and works together as yeah. a unit. You know, right. doctors, NPs, PAs, and they've all been around for a long time, um, so we all have mutual respect for each other in that aspect as well. Um, so it's just, it's fun. I mean, I, I just love it. I'm so excited to be done in six months for sure and actually have a real job and start adulting. Yeah. Nah, adulting's not fun. I know. It's so overrated. It's, so <laughs> it's totally overrated. Um, are you going to stick around here and continue working in the hospital where you're at or are you going to try to... I don't know. I'm in my ortho rotation. I have one more rotation. It'll be an in internal medicine and then um, I do like the advanced didactic semester where I'll be studying for my boards working on a thesis. But I don't know. I'm, I've always had an open mind, so I'm kind of just going to keep an open mind. I wouldn't mind staying around here. I wouldn't mind moving somewhere else. Um, it's going to kind of just be uh, where's paying well, where's the job that I actually want, where's a good group of you know people to work with. Um, all of those factors will kind of play a role. Um, something else I'm curious about, curious about too, um, uh, if I'm right, faith is a big part of your life. Yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. um, something I just thought of, how does that, in, in the industry that you're in, mm -hmm. how does that work for you? How does that fit? Um, I think at first, when I first started, it was something I was more concerned about because I was thinking, because I had the perception that everyone else had of the league. Okay. So I understood it. Um, so I think I kind of thought, oh, well, I don't want this to reflect poorly on my faith and I don't want to... Mm -hmm. Kind of in a sense, like make God look bad, you know. Right. I think everyone yeah. kind of thinks about, thinks that at some point. Um, it, so at first, it was something I was concerned about, but then I thought it's really what you make of it. You know, I'm not out there trying to. I don't know really how to explain it. I just play my game, so I I try to play. I'm I'm obviously so grateful that God has even given me the abilities, obviously, to be out there to play. Yeah, and I always try to make that known. Um, that, you know, it's not all me out there. It's, you know, I've been given gifts to be able to be out there playing and doing the things I love to do. Right. Um, so I kind of use it as almost a platform, mm -hmm. I guess, um, to show people that, you know, you, God can be in football kind of a thing. Like yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't have to be just all that it's perceived to be. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really bother me anymore. I don't, I don't even think of it anymore, honestly. Um, but yeah, definitely I could understand where the first, first thought of it, and, and my family was important as well, what mm -hmm. they thought, okay. and they don't even, doesn't bother them or anything, and yeah. I guess you just, it doesn't have to be separate. Right. I don't know. I guess I don't know really how to explain that well. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, um, I think there's, there's various industries that, um because of the idea that, of faith that people have or the mm -hmm. idea of the particular industry that people would think, well, there's no way that a person of, you know, whatever faith, a Christian or whatever it is, right. would be in an industry like that because they don't mix well together or they don't seem to go together. Right. And I think that's something that has always bothered me a little bit, um, just in life in general, is that I don't always say that I love religion particularly, mm -hmm. but I love God. Yeah. So I don't think that everything has to be by the book one way or the highway and, you know, you're going to be condemned if you do this, that, and the other or if somebody thinks this of you. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's just never really been an issue because I think I know that I'm not out there to do something that I would think would be harmful for my faith. So I don't, you know, I'm not going out there on a, you know, on a pole or doing something like destructive, yeah. I sure. would say to my inner self or to my my faith um, I'm literally out there to play football you know right. we do the same thing we're out there we hit girls we catch balls we're just basically living out our passions so I don't see that it's really something that I worry about yeah you know yeah no that's awesome that's yeah. good uh, yeah I just I just now thought of that because I'm just trying to think of the yeah. things that people would typically think about yeah no absolutely it was a great question in yeah. that um, what would you say to uh, what advice do you give or would you give to young girls uh, that are 
not necessarily wanting to play football. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is the thing they want to do, but yeah. just in general, like in life, mm-hmm. as a as a young girl, growing up, doing whatever you want to do, yeah, uh, and all the pushback you might get. What advice would do you do it give? anyways? Do what you love, whatever it may be. There should be no label of this is a man's sport or this is a man's job. This is a woman's job. Do whatever it is that you love and don't worry about what anyone else says. You know, there's always that, oh, well, this was the first person to do it. Now everyone else thinks they can do it. Well, why not be the first person to do it? Yeah. You know, nothing should ever hold you back. Why not? Awesome. Yeah. That's a hard road being the first one to do it. It is. It is not easy. Indeed. It is a hard road, but it's worth it if it's something you love to do. I think everyone should be able to do what they love to do with no, you know, no one telling them they can't. Absolutely. I think there's way too much uh, in our world, not just with women, but Mm -hmm. men too, but there's way too much uh, of people not doing the thing that they love. Right. And that really bothers me. I I hate seeing people stuck in their cycle that feel like they can't do the thing that they want to do. Oh, absolutely. And I've always been so big on there's always a way. Mm-hmm. If you are determined and you have the will, there really is always a way. Yeah. I mean, some people just think inside the small box and they think, no, it's not possible. It's never been done. Or, no, there's no way that's going to work. It's going to be too hard. And I hate that box. I don't like that box at all. I always just like to think, no, there's always a way. So let's sit down and talk about option A through D instead of right. why it's not going to work. Let's talk about how we can make it work. Yeah. And I've always been about that. Um, so, Yeah. You know, if it's all about intention, too. I think if you have the right intentions in what you're doing, it's huge mm. with anything you do. Yeah. So if you love it and you have the right intentions, go for it. Don't yeah. even tell me you can't, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. Just, like, the motive behind it. Yeah. Because um, I do think there are some people that they set out to... Like, I, I want to disrupt whatever this is mm-hmm. just because I want to disrupt that thing. Right, Not and that would be because different. because I love it. Right. And I'm not so much about that. I don't want to go just mess something up and throw a wrench in it and just say that I can go do it because I can. If it's something I'm passionate about and I have a good motive and a good intention, like you said, then that would be different. That would be a reason to pursue. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I'm not about, oh, I'm going to prove him wrong just because he said I can't do it. Just if it's anything, you know? Yeah. It it makes no difference. Which is my personality. (laughs) I. I've done a lot of things in my life just because somebody told me right, that I couldn't yeah. do it. Yeah, I mean, which hey, is, it's a Which is probably not the right, usually not the right motivation. Yeah, but uh, that's usually more driven out of pride. You. I mean, I guess I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm still still doing it a little bit. Sometimes it's worked out okay. Yeah. Other times I'm look like an idiot. Well, we all do. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just to kind of wrap up a little bit, mm-hmm. um, one thing I always ask every every person on the podcast um, is a, a question of perspective from your from your perspective. Everyone has different ideas about um, if every person has the potential to do things that mm-hmm. they want to do. So my question is always, do you feel like every person has the potential, the ability to, as we put it, boldly go and pursue their dream, pursue their passion, whatever it is? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Like without a doubt in my mind, I think that um, a lot of a lot of it has to do with self motivation, mm. um, insecurities, you know, anxiety. But I think that if you're in the right mindset and you can get past all those kind of human emotion barriers, right, that you absolutely can do whatever you want to do. I mean, you know, some people are built differently, and you know, someone's genetically this way or that way. But I think if you have the motivation inside you. And yeah. the desire to do something that you absolutely can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good answer. And it's, it goes back to what you said about that there's there's always a way. You can yeah. find a way to do the thing that you love. Absolutely. There's always a way. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, anything that you want to promote? Probably your team, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, no, my team. I mean, I don't know that anyone living in the Seattle area is listening to this. But, yeah, we have playoffs August 20th. Okay. We're hosting. Showware Center. Awesome. Kent, Washington. Be there, be square. The Showware Center, what is that? Um, it's basically like the arena. Okay. And, yeah, we play in Kent. So it's pretty cool. We have our little banner drop now because we won last year. So okay. we have our little banner yeah. up. And nice. We have some really great fans in Seattle. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. it's like eighth man to the 20th power up there. 
That's crazy. Yeah, Seattle fans are crazy, which we love. We love crazy fans. Yeah. So um, the Seahawks have crazy fans. We have great yeah. fans. It's it's nice. That's so cool that um, it's been embraced that way. Oh yeah. Out there, or that you guys have been embraced really oh, more yeah. so than probably than the actual thing. For but. sure, and that's why it's so fun playing out in Seattle because we you know we've always had fans playing in other cities, but Seattle is like this just crazy sports fanatic city. Yeah. And it's just like this amazing you know environment yeah. to be playing in. So we have, you know, we've had fans that have been watching us for years that come to our games and they have the shirts and they mohawks and face paint and just That's crazy amazing. stuff. It's awesome. I mean, it's really, really great. It's so fun to have the support and it's actually a nightmare for other teams to come and play in our house because yeah. the crowd is so loud they can't even hear themselves. That's amazing. Yeah, calling the cadence. So sometimes they'll snap it over, the girl will snap it over the quarterback's head or they'll fall, fall start because they can't even hear. Yeah. You know, so that's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. I need to get a shirt. Now that you say you that, definitely need to get a shirt. I missed. I can hook you it. up with the shirt. Yeah, yeah I'll rep it for yeah. sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so August twentieth. That's the your host. That's the We're start of the playoffs? playoffs. Yep. So okay. it'll just be one day. They'll okay. do the Eastern and the Western Conference playoffs, and then those winner, the winner of those two games, will go to the Legends Cup, which okay. is like our Super Bowl. Got it. Yep. Oh wow. Okay. So yeah. that, I didn't realize that there were actually. In much like NFL, you yep. have an Eastern and a Western conference. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's awesome. Yep, but I don't. I'm not sure at this point. I don't think they've announced where the Legends Cup is going to be. It might be closer to the East Coast. We don't okay. know yet. Did you guys host it last year? We hosted last year, so it was amazing winning the national championship in our own house. Yeah, awesome. I bet. Oh yeah. So that's we'll that's crazy. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think you're going to be in it again this year? I mean, of course you want to. I hope so. Um, We've done really well. We have an amazing, this amazing group of girls playing this year. I mean, just talent for days. Yeah. So, uh, and, you know, Atlanta has a really great, great squad, too. They're like the East Coast dominant team, pretty much. And we're one of the better teams in the West. So, everyone's kind of thinking it's going to be us two in the finals. And it'll be crazy because we'll be playing our old teammates. Oh, man. So, it's going to be a showdown for the ages. That's got to be tough, too. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it's going to be tough, but it's going to be uh, passion-filled, that's for sure. Yeah. And your friend, your best, I guess she's your best friend, mm-hmm. yeah, KK, yeah. Mm-hmm. is your quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, just from a little bit that I've seen, I feel like she's like the face of LFL these days. Oh, yeah. Well, she's she's crazy. I mean, the amount of competitiveness and passion inside of her just really like fuels all of us. Yeah. So she's really the best leader. I mean, she's yeah. perfect. She's got perfect a crazy personality. Oh yeah. She and she's small too. Very small. Yeah. She's like five two, and so that's pretty yeah. small to be a quarterback. And you know, yeah. she that's a whole another conversation well, two, for her. <laughs> yeah. And so to put in perspective, you're what almost six foot. I'm five ten. Five ten. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're five ten. Of all the ones that I've met. I've met a few girls in different mm-hmm. teams. I feel like most of them are a closer to your to your size. Yeah, a lot of them are a little bit on the taller side. Kiki is one of the smaller players, but it's funny because, and she could talk to you about this all day, um, because she gets it a lot. You know, that mm-hmm. Russell Wilson's small, but he's you know he gets it done. He's okay. yeah. Seahawks quarterback. Right. Um, she really, it really does not phase her whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, she has got an amazing arm, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, she's an elite quarterback. So it's funny because you would think, how the heck does this girl sling the ball like that? And she's so little, but she doesn't let it stop her. Yeah. It's like one of those things, you know, someone telling you, oh, you're too small. You can't be a quarterback. Yeah. She said, okay, watch me. Yeah. And she's, you know, the most elite quarterback in the West of our, yeah. you know, so it's kind of along the same lines. She's always been a competitor in everything <clears throat> we've done and her size has never been a factor. Yeah. But it is interesting. For sure. Yeah, that's yeah. I, when I met you guys, you, I met the both of you together, mm-hmm. and then when you told me what you guys did, eventually as the conversation, I was right? Like, really? You're really tall. Yeah. You're really tall. Yeah. So that makes sense. You're really short. Yeah. So For and sure. you're so a perspective as well. She's a quarterback. You're a receiver, receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A little tandem. That's crazy. dynamic duo. At least she knows she can see you over everyone else. Exactly. Yeah. She always looks there. for me when she's in a scramble. Yeah. Downfield. So the tallest one. That's crazy. Uh, oh, one other thing. I one final thing I would ask you too, because I always end uh, with a question to the audience. But um, before I ask that question, 
you didn't just jump right into this. You didn't jump right into PA school. You didn't jump mm-hmm. into all that. It was kind of one thing at a time. And I think a lot of times perspective-wise, when it comes to pursuing your dream, pursuing your passion, whatever you want to call it, I feel like some people don't just because they feel like they have to accomplish everything at mm-hmm. once. Right. And like you said, you've been in the league seven years. Mm-hmm. And, and I started just... from the bottom. Um, but no, you're right. And I think even sometimes myself, I think that way. Um, and I have to kind of remind myself like with school, you know, there were days where I was like, there's no way I can do this. There's no way. But I knew that I had to, I knew that there was no option, like failing, failing was not an option. Mm -hmm. So you push yourself past limits that you tend to set for your, on yourself. Yeah. You tend to kind of set these limits for some reason. And you know that if you can't fail, because I have worked my whole life to get to this point, I can't just fail now. Yeah. That you push yourself past past these limits that you knew you had. Um, so I think that, knowing you can do it in one area of your life, you know you can do it in all. Right. But had I not said, okay, what is not, okay, let's do it all tomorrow. What is the next best move? Mm. Is what I always thought in my head. Mm-hmm. So I have five tests this week. Where the heck am I going to start? I had to always tell myself, what is the next best step? What is the next best move? So I had to say, okay, I need to do this first. I can't look till tomorrow and I can't look to Thursday because I'll die of an anxiety attack. I have to just say, next best move, I need to look at this. And then after that, and you you kind of just start taking these little steps without realizing you're doing it mm-hmm. to get to the mm-hmm. finish line and building up. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that statement, what is the next best move? Because yeah. I... I uh, that's kind of how I tend to think a lot of times, mm-hmm. but it took me a while to get there. Yeah, oh, it's hard. Uh, because I think we're naturally one, we're risk averse a lot most of the time, yeah. and we're really impatient. So we want Absolutely. the thing we want, um, but it takes time to get there. And I think we get really overwhelmed with here's the end goal. Yeah. There's all these steps in between, rather than just looking. Okay, what's the next? Right, and it's all a puzzle. It's like what goes first, what goes last. What do I? What am I doing? Um, so yeah, it can be tough, and I know. I mean, I'll admit, I'm one of the most impatient person people mm-hmm. um, when it comes to doing things like that. I'm like, I know what I want, and I want it now. Yeah. Um, so this is what I'm going to do, and I have to kind of take a step back and say, okay, what do I need to do first? Yeah. And then once I complete that, what's next? What's mm-hmm. next? So it just kind of helps. Or yeah. else, oh man, It'd be too overwhelming. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, is it worth it? Oh, all yeah. the, all the, I mean, on both ends, playing, Absolutely. playing the league, PA school, dealing with all the misconceptions, all misperceptions, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Is it worth it? Oh yeah, definitely. And it, it kind of like builds you into this person that you didn't even know you could be kind of a thing, you know? Yeah. Cause what if you don't, okay. You, you just, you never try. What if you never try? Okay. Well then you're really never going to be able to do anything you want to do. Right. If you try and you fail, okay, well, at least you tried. Um, but mm-hmm. keep trying, keep trying, keep trying. I mean, it really is true. You hear that, and it's like, oh, that's so cliche, but it's really is true. Yeah. That avenue didn't work, try another one. That one didn't work, try another one. You know, maybe God's calling you to do something different, but you wouldn't have known had you not try and tried the first thing. Right. So. Yeah. And that's the, I think that's the, the hard part, because most people, no one likes to fail. Right. Oh, it's tough. But it's necessary sometimes. Right. Yeah. One of the guy, one of my friends uh, that was on the podcast, um, Several episodes ago, one of the things he said about that was, "You'll know the risk is worth it when you take the first punch." Yeah. But you won't really know until you take the first punch. Right. Like your first failure or your first potential failure. Right. That's when you know. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, there's so many things that I've accomplished in failure, um, through mm. having to walk through failure to get to the other side that I wouldn't have got there had I not failed. Yeah. And that's, that's easy to say, um, you know, when you're standing on the other side of it, but you really do have to go through it sometimes to get yeah. on the other side. It's not easy and it sucks and it'll happen the rest of our lives, but really you have to at least get out there and put yourself out there and try because let's be real, everyone has failed at some point in their life. It's not like you're going to be the only one right. that's yeah. failed. But people don't think <laughs> of it true. that way. That's so true. They yeah, don't. you're right. You know, I'll be the one that is perfect that's all the it. way through. I'm going to yeah. be the only human... In the history of hum- mankind to fail. No, everyone yeah. has failed. So. Yeah, exactly. That's that's so true. All right, so Seattle missed mm-hmm. August 20th. Yep. Um, 
What's the website or social media or whatever? So we have an Instagram. It's Legends Football League or at MyLFL. Okay. And then um, Facebook page, Legends Football League. And then you can go to LFLUS.com. And that has everything laid out there. Articles, schedules, pictures, rosters, everything like that. Got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then uh, do you want people to follow you? Yeah. Follow me. Instagram. It's at Bryn Renda, at right? Bryn Renda. Yep, just all mushed together. B R Y N Renda, R E N D A. Yes, you got it. Good job. I do I'm my homework. Impressed. I do my homework. Good job. Sometimes I don't yeah. even spell my name right. <laughs> uh, awesome. Thanks. Uh, so, everyone listening, uh, final question to you guys. What's the one thing you can do this week or this month to begin uh, boldly going? You've heard a story, you've heard an incredible story of someone proving, uh, proving the perspective wrong. Finding a way to do this thing, the thing that she loves, and um, you can do it too. So, what's one thing that you can do this week? And as Bryn said, what's the the next right move for you to start that thing or to continue on in that passion? Yeah. So, awesome! Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, Thanks absolutely. for chatting. Thanks for having me. I appreciate of, it. Of course, like I said, I think uh, you you have a voice. People in your industry have a voice that more people should hear. So, well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Cool. All right, I'm just gonna play with some dogs. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.